This is the Daily Wrestling News for February 8th, 2021, and we are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful Treasure Coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by Coastal Championship Wrestling star, the magnificent Johnny Walker. Wow. Two minutes into the interview, you already messed it up. You know what? You need to start that intro one more time, because if you can't say my name properly, then you shouldn't say it at all. Okay, here we go. Whether I stay or not depends on how well you do saying my name. I am joined today by Coastal Championship Wrestling star, the magnificent Johnny Walker. Better? That'll do, I guess. Whatever. Right. <laughs> it's for me to complain about some knucklehead that doesn't know how to spell right. Go ahead. What are we here for? Well, uh, so we have a we are suspending normal coverage today because we have the magnificent Johnny Walker here in studio. And we would like to uh, have an interview with him and, and learn all about him and what he's doing in Coastal Championship Wrestling and in the state of Florida wrestling and elsewhere. So uh, with that in mind, if you're ready, I'm going to ring the bell. Brother, I was born ready. All right. All right. So first question, March 19th, you have a match with the bus Andy English at CCW St. Lucie Showdown. So uh, I was at New Year's Revolution when you jumped him. And, uh, you know, I later heard you on a live talking about him. So if we cut to the chase here, what, what bugs you so much about uh, about the bus? Okay, let me ask you a couple simple questions. Sure. Does he have an accent? I've not heard one. You, you haven't heard that big bald-headed galoot speak? He has, I've not heard him speak. <laughs> Does he have an accent? I guess he does. I haven't heard him speak, so I don't know. Is he British? He does wear tights that say London, England on them. He is from London. He is not an American citizen. He is not from here. So explain to me how someone who is British from London, which for all of your fans who have no idea, London is on the other side of the Atlantic. It's that big body of water next to the east coast of Florida. On the other side of that, I know <laughs> never graduated sixth grade geography. It's all the way on the other side of that big body of water. So explain to me how a man who is from the other side of, as the British call it, the pond, <laughs> can have a hometown in Port St. Lucie. How is he the hometown hero of Port St. Lucie, Florida, when he's not even from there? It's ridiculous. It just goes to show you how stupid Port St. Lucie fans are. It just goes to show you how ridiculous a guy, his name says it all, Andy English. Oh, my God, people, wake up and smell the haggis. <laughs> so uh, so that, that aside, I guess, you know, he does live here now. So does he have any sort of home field advantage in Port St. Lucie? Is there such a thing in wrestling? Did you really just ask me if he has home field? Didn't I just get done explaining to you this isn't his home? <laughs> yes, but I would think that he has, you know, a group of fans since he's been claiming it's his home. So does that give him any sort of uh, you know, edge? Any fans that he might have, any supporters, and, and, and listen, it's well known that I could 
care less about fans in the audience. I never have. I never will. You're all just a bunch of sycophants. You know, the reason you even come to these shows and support some of these people like Cha-Cha Charlie and Big English and, you know, the Hobo King and whoever else is running around CCW, I'll never understand it. You know, you idolize these people who don't deserve it. You know, I am magnificent. I have been doing this longer than all of these guys. I have a successful career, yet you all choose to deify me or not deify me. More likely, you demonify me like I'm the bad guy because my goal is to win. Does Andy have a, a, a home field advantage? I'm sure he does. He's probably got, you know, he's got some hot little wife he runs around with that I'm sure he got through a mail order bride catalog. <laughs> He's got a couple people over there. I mean, I, I hear he drives a school bus. That's what he does for his day job. I don't know for sure. He, he calls himself the bus. It has something to do with driving a school bus. So I'm sure all the little five-year-old idiotic kids that he drives around are probably, you know, riding on his coattails or whatever. But it doesn't matter because I don't care about those people. They don't bother me. I don't listen to them during shows. I'm there for one purpose, to put a W, to put a check mark, to win, Okay. It, 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 just you know whatever next question really that was just stupid any have a home field okay so so uh so this so he's no problem for you you're gonna beat him no problem moving on to the next guy right what part of this conversation haven't you been listening to? <laughs> okay. okay well let's move on to that next question then uh so who do you after you after you conquer the bus who do you who else do you see in ccw as somebody that you want to compete on? Who else do you want to put down, I guess? Listen, I got to be honest with you, and this has been a, a thorn in my side for a long time. You know, there's no denying that Cha-Cha Charlie and I have a very long history. You know, we've gone at it many, many times. You know, he's always squeak out of victory. And I don't know how. He just gets lucky. Who knows? You know, whatever. You know, that score someday is going to need to really be settled. It's going to have to be finished. It's, it's, you know, he and I have a, uh, an absolute hatred for one another. I can't stand that dancing fool. You know, he seems to think that the fans are, you know, everything and, you know, doesn't like that I insult them or that I feel that I'm better than everybody else. And understand it's not that I feel that I'm better than everybody else. It's that I am better than everybody else. You know, <laughs> it, it, when it's the, when it's fact, it's just, it is what it is. So that one's going to have to get resolved eventually. You know, there's also Agony, the maker of Nightmares. He and I have had a couple of run-ins. We seem to have an issue. I'm not entirely too sure what it is. I'm not entirely too sure why we have an issue, but we do. That one's going to have to come to a head sooner or later also. And I'll tell you who else I'd love to get into the ring with. I, I just I don't know why because it's weird. I love the guy. I think he's one of the most talented people on the roster. I think he's – uh. He's absolutely incredible, but I just, I just feel the need to smack him. And it's, it's Jackal Stevens. I just mm. know there's something about him. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I want to smack him. I, I, I want to put a hurting on him, you know, I, for no reason whatsoever. Maybe it's just because he reminds me too much of myself when I was young. You know, maybe it's, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like at some point or another, I need to put my boot through his face. Yeah, you know the fan. The fans kind of love him, but he does have a, a bit of a smackable personality. It seems. Like. You know, yeah, 
he does things. He's a little unorthodox. I mean, let's get real. He's a lot unorthodox. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and I take nothing away from his ability in the ring. He's incredible. Uh, he's incredibly athletic. You know, apparently he's a good looking guy. So I've been told women seem to like him, which I don't understand why. Um, but there's just something about Jackal Stevens. You know, every time I'm, I'm near him or, you know, I happen to run into him. I just, I just, I want to just, just I just want to smack him. I, you know, it's, it's, I feel sooner or later we're going to have to get in the ring and we're going to have to, we're, we're going to have to have this out. I need this basically. And you mentioned Agni. I, you know, I walked by him at bash at the brew and his eyes kind of like lingered on me. And I, and I walked away and I was like, man, that's a face only a mother could love that guy. <laughs> face. Um, you know, agony is, uh, listen, he's, he's one of the most athletic big men I've ever known. He's dangerous. There's no doubt about it. Um, uh, but have you heard him talk? He's got like this little girl voice. Hey, how are you? Kind of <laughs> giant monster, man. Everybody's so afraid of him. Yet when he speaks, it's this little girl voice. He sounds like he sounds like he's going to go play with his dolls. <laughs> agony. Was, I don't know. The maker of nightmares, whatever. Yeah, I've never been afraid of him. You know, I, I, you know what I really want to do? I want to take the mask off. Because, you know, unlike Kane, when he got his mask ripped off and he was still pretty ugly under there, I'll bet you Agony's got, like, some male model face. Like, he looks like he should be on the cover of Vogue or GQ or something. And uh, I just, yeah, how can you be the maker of nightmares when you're probably, like, some pretty boy underneath that mask? And that's probably why he wears it. Yeah. And, it was the only thing you could come up with that would work. So, you know, I just, I feel like, you know, Agony and I, I think he doesn't like me because the pretty boy thing does work for me. I mean, look at me, I'm gorgeous. You know, I'm absolutely magnificent. He can't do what I do. And, uh, you know, I have a man's voice and not a little boy's voice or a little girl's voice. I don't even know what you call it, prepubescent voice. Um, and again, nothing away. You know, he's he's incredible in the ring. He gets up there and he walks the top rope and he flies around and he's got athleticism and you know whatever else. But you know, he's another one. I gotta get, I gotta rip the mask off. I gotta smack him. You know how it goes. Yeah, I mean, and I've got comments coming in here from the from the crowd here. They want you to put him in his place. So, oh well, you know, hey, listen, finally some real fans, people that understand. You know, that don't worry about it. That'll come around before the end of this year. Agony and I are going to have our final our final showdown too. We haven't actually had a, a a reasonable, legitimate match yet. The last time we met, I was a little injured. Um, the match ended up ending in a countout. We got into a fist fight outside the ring. We ended up brawling back into the backstage. Um, we didn't even finish back there. The refs had to pull us apart. Um, that was a while ago. I'm back to 100% health and have been for a while now. So, I, you know, he and I need to finish whatever it was that we started. We'll get around to it. All right. So, so there's another thing. So, if people watch a live wrestling on YouTube, well, we go you're on there. You got like, you know, you're bald or you shave your head or whatever, and sure. there's like this glare coming off of your chrome dome there, and it's like it's killing me. You know, like if you're gonna have a bald head and you're going to be doing television, put a little makeup on that thing or something. Like, that glare is so bad, I can almost see my reflection in it. You know. Well, I have a solution. It's just you're not going to like that solution either. You know, so, so. I had, oh, my God. <laughs> no matter, no matter so, how you look at it, you know, there's this poll online right now about who wore it better with the hat, mm -hmm. my hat or Cha-Cha's hat. And, you know, I'm winning. 
because obviously I, I wear it better. And Cha-Cha's hat just looks like a salsa and chips bowl on his head. So, okay. <laughs> All right. So you tell me, should I wear the hat or should I wear it? Should I go like this? I'm going to let you go like that just because okay. I don't want to be sitting here being interviewed by a guy who looks even more ridiculous than you already do. So let's <laughs> go without the hat. Okay. Next time, put a little powder on that dome. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so like I mentioned, people watch a live wrestling, they, they hear you on commentary as well. So what I'm, what I'm curious about is how did, how did that come about that CCW got you to do commentary on nights where you're also wrestling often? Magnificent. Because I'm the only guy who can call it like it is. My partner in commentary, Dan Evans, he's an idiot. You know, he, he trips over his own tongue a lot. You know, is it, you're 100% correct, Johnny Walker. That's all he knows how to say. You're 100% correct. Uh, you know, that, that's his big line. And, 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 you know, listen, I'm brutally honest. I tell it like it is. I don't pull any punches. I'm not there trying to suck up to this wrestler or suck up to that wrestler. You know, if they can wrestle, I give them credit. If they can't wrestle, I tell the fans they can't wrestle. Somebody's an idiot. I tell them they're an idiot. You know, everybody else out there. Oh, you know, you want to powder this and you want to oh, make somebody look good here. And you want to try and cover up that. Ah, maybe they're not as bad as they look or whatever. No, 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 no. You know, you want me doing commentary you need me doing commentary because i'm the reality check that professional wrestling needs right now have you ever been in a situation where you had a particularly tough match and you were unable to go back out there and do commentary really who am i the magnificent johnny walker do you think that there is ever a situation that i can't handle do you think there's ever been a time where I couldn't go out there and perform at 110%, two minutes later, come right back, do commentary, be out with the fans. Well, not that I like to be out with the fans, but sometimes, you know, contracts require that I go out and sign autographs. You know, listen, that, that, that's a ridiculous question. Why did they ask me to do commentary? Because everyone knows I could wrestle two, three matches in a night and do commentary in between and never skip a beat. You know, that's what being magnificent means. Next well, okay. So so in terms of in terms of commentary, are there any major challenges that you've had in, in the world of commentary? Yeah, my partner, Dan Evans. Good yeah, lord. What a moron. Seriously. He 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 has no idea what he's talking about half the time. Yeah, he trips over his own words. I mean, I, I understand at one time, and this is probably back before I was born. You know, Dan was uh, a decent wrestler. He worked on the indie circuit. Uh, he had some skills. But, uh, you know, look, he was the uh, ring announcer for CCW for years. And he was horrible at that. Now he's moved over to commentary. And, and the reason that they had to bring me in was to make up for his lack of absolute ability. You know, you, you want to talk about somebody with a monotone, droll voice. Oh, my God. It's, it's like a struggle for me to stay awake at the table with him. So what So what are your ambitions? So now you're conflicted with you've got some wrestling you're doing, you're some commentary you're doing. What is your What are your ambitions in CCW? Titles, commentary, high-profile matches, both, everything. What, what's the immediate ambition anyway? There's no conflict. 
there's there's no you know and and what are the ambitions of any professional wrestler to be the very best in this game you know you know listen i've been denied title shots over the years just because i'm not the guy that you want to put as the face of your company you know i'm not the guy that you want to put front and center on your poster because i don't like fans so why would fans want me to be on their poster? You know, they know I don't like them. They know I don't care about them. So I've been denied title shots because of that. And I've been denied opportunities because of that. And the bottom line is you can only deny magnificence for so long. Eventually, the cream always rises to the top. You know, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. I'm wrestling at a level I've never wrestled at before. In the past six months, I've defeated every challenger who's come in front of me. What do I want from CCW? I want CCW to start paying attention and realizing that the magnificent Johnny Walker is the only way that you're going to sell out arenas. You know, they may not come because they love me, but they'll sure as hell come because they hate me. Fair enough. So uh, I was at Bash at the Brew this past weekend. You weren't you weren't there. Um, you were telling me before we came on the air that you had some business to take care of at Knockout Wrestling. Leesburg, Florida. Knockout Wrestling. You know, for the last six months, the owner of Knockout, Nicholas Vick or Vicky Nick, whatever his name is, he and I have had some issues. We've had problems. I took over his company or I took over part of his company. His wife sold me her half of the company because she liked me better than him. You know, we've had some back and forth in this last weekend at Battlefield at the Leesburg High School in Leesburg, Florida. It was Team Knockout versus the Magnificent Mayhem, my team, in a Survivor Series contest for the sole ownership of Knockout Wrestling. And as I predicted for months, as I've predicted since this match was conceived, that there was no way that my team was going to lose and we didn't was it a hard fought match yes it was and did uh team knockout led by johnny zeke uh put up a hell of a fight they did it came down to johnny zeke and myself after bill crude and billy mcleod ended up fighting outside the ring and rolling into the backstage and getting you know counted out the only two left were myself and johnny zeke and you know i say a lot of horrible things about johnny zeke but he took me to the edge um i i had to i had to find a different level in myself to be able to win this match. But, you know, like I said from the beginning, I did. So now I own the entire company. And the very first thing I did was burn all the belts. And I mean, literally burned them. We put them in a body bag. I took the belts outside and I lit them on fire. The next thing I did was burn down the company because it wasn't about taking over something that Nicholas Vick owned. It was about burning down everything that he loved. So I took his titles and I took his banners and I took his company name and I threw them all in the garbage and lit them on fire. And now I have renamed that company Renegade Wrestling. And we're starting over fresh because I fired everyone. And I mean everyone from security to the concession guy, to the referees, to every single wrestler, to the audio video people. Everybody has been fired. And I will restaff that company with people that I feel are worthy of working with me. 
So at this point, your wrestler, your commentary, your owner now, looks like it sounds like you you're you got your hands in every piece of the business. Listen, Vincent McMahon has nothing on me. You know, I can do it all. I can win every time. I can every move I make is a victory. So, you know, why not do it? Why why not why not take advantage of just how brilliant I really am? Fair enough. So I have some rapid fire type questions to throw at you. Uh, I say rapid fire, but if it, you know, that doesn't have to be a rapid fire answer. Just it's a list of random questions is what it is. So what's a stereotype or stigma about or within wrestling uh, that, that needs to change? Uh, say that one more time. Looking for a stereotype or stigma about or within the world of wrestling that everybody needs to drop. That's not true. Female wrestlers, they're more athletic than the men are. The last big leaf, the last, you know, taboo topic, you know, are female wrestlers there just because they're pretty faces? Why can't they be there because they're incredible athletes first and then pretty faces second? Listen, I understand that a pretty face is going to sell tickets. I get that. And maybe 20, 30 years ago, that's what females in wrestling were there for. You know, you got to admit, back in the day, the female wrestlers that were real wrestlers really weren't that great looking. You know, the fabulous Moolah was definitely not going to be, you know, one of America's next top models. Uh, Mae Young, yeah, no, she never looked young, even when she was young. Uh, but, you know, that being said, they were incredible athletes and they never got the due that they were, you know, should have. Nowadays, you've got these women that are just on a totally different level doing things that, you know, whoever thought that they would do. And there's still the thought of, you know, are they there because they're pretty faces? Why can't it be both? Why can't they be top tier athletes and still be beautiful women? I mean, seriously, look at me. I'm magnificent. I'm gorgeous. You know, I, you know, as much as the fans hate me, they still love to look at me. And yet I'm a top tier athlete. So why is there this double standard that the men are incredible athletes? And then second, we're good looking people. But for the women, it's, oh, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. And then they're athletes. Why is that stigma still existing? And it needs to change. Agreed. Agreed. Next question. Is there a video book or some other motivational content that you love and that inspires you that you want to share? Yeah, me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. The only wrestling I watch is myself. The only inspiration I need is the reflection in the mirror. You know, it says it real simple on the back of the shirt that I'm wearing right now. I'm magnificent because I believe in me more than you will ever believe in you. If people are hearing about uh, Johnny Walker because they've been living under a rock, so if this is the first time they've ever heard of, heard of you, are there matches that are out there on YouTube or whatever that you would direct them to, to see what you're all about? That's a tough one because there's a lot of them. There's a, there's a considerable amount of matches that I've had over the years that I have felt were uh, absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, just Google search Johnny Walker. What can I tell you? Everything that comes up about me is going to be magnificent. You know, you're going to find out where my name came from. You know, why I call myself Johnny Walker, why I am Johnny Walker. You know, 
there, there, there's actually a history behind that. You'll find that out. You'll find some matches about me. You'll understand, you know, a little bit more about, you know, what makes me so magnificent. So feel free to Google me. Do you want to tell us the name story or you want us to do the work and, and go look no, it up? Do the work. Cause I, you know, listen, I'm not here. You know, it's, it's, you know, if you're a true wrestling, you know, aficionado, you may already know if you're not, you'll go do the work and then you should do the work. Our wrestling fans are stupid. They should learn how to do some research. They should learn how to educate themselves. I'm not here to, you know, placate to, you know, the idiotic and moronic 1% or 99% of the country that can't even spell their names properly. So what's the most exciting thing about seeing Johnny Walker wrestle? You, you, you are looking at me, right? <laughs> Fair look, enough. Look at this face. Look at, look at, look at, look at this body. Look at me. You know, listen, it's an old saying, it's cliche, but it's true. Women want to be with me and men want to be me. Why? Because I'm magnificent. The most exciting thing about seeing me is seeing me. It doesn't need to be anything more than that. Is there someone you've worked with in wrestling that most inspires your commentary work? Wow. Really? Like Someone who I've worked with in wrestling that has inspired my commentary. If there's anyone that I have to give a little bit of props to for maybe, 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 maybe just a little bit guiding what I feel good commentary is, you know, it would have to be, you know, uh, you know, the, the only one who was ever really good at this in the first place. Well, there were two of them. I, you know, and now that I think about it, I think, I think originally it was probably a little bit of Jesse, the body Ventura. Sure. Definitely, you know, inspired me to, to speak my mind and, and, and say what I think on the microphone. You know, Jesse never held back. You know, he called it like it was at the time. Uh, McMahon was his commentary partner. And, and, uh, and McMahon, even though he owned the company, he was an idiot. And, uh, you know, he would play up to all the wrestlers, whereas Jesse, you know, he called it like it was. If he didn't like you, he told you he didn't like you. And if he loved you, he told you he loved you. You know, the other person was probably more of an influence on me than anyone else, just because it taught me, he taught me to be fearless on the microphone. Jerry the King Lawler, you know, there was no one who had more fun, who was more fearless, and who once again spoke his mind. And even though, you know, he and uh, good old JR had a, you know, a, a decent respect for one another. Uh, you know, uh, their relationship was, was, was uh, you know, give and take and, and very respectful. You know, King still would put it out there, you know, and, and uh, was very fearless in the things that he would say and, and the comments that he would make and then the color commentary that he would do. So probably if I had to give it to anybody, I would say maybe those two people were a partial influence on, on how I choose to do commentary and, and how I want fans to hear professional wrestling. Okay. And if you could get a match with anyone in the history of wrestling, who would you wrestle? Stan Hansen. Okay. A lot of fans aren't going to know who that is. A lot of fans aren't going to understand why I would want to have a match with Stan Hansen. But Stan Hansen was probably one of the most brutal men to ever step into the ring. 
Stan Hansen took no prisoners. He didn't care if he killed you. He didn't care who you were. He didn't care what you could do. Every second you were in the ring with Stan Hansen might have been your last second alive. I would love to go back in time and wrestle him in Japan at the Tokyo Dome mm -hmm. or any one of the Japanese promotions where Stan built his career and became a legend in this business. Man, you better hope he, miss, he misses that clothesline when he comes for you, though. Well, that's it right there. There's the challenge in itself. You know, if he caught you with that lariat clothesline, you were done. done. It's over. How many people can say that a clothesline was pretty much their finisher? You know, anytime Stan caught you with that, the match was over. You know, I might have gone on for another minute or two because he wanted to throw in another move or, or just embarrass you a little bit more. But if, if he caught you with that lariat, you better believe you were on Dream Street. You don't remember anything after that until you woke up in the locker room. And that's why I say this was a man I would have loved to have been in the ring with because at any minute he could finish your career. All right. Well, anything else you would like to uh, to give us wisdom on, or anything like that? Any other final thoughts for the for the interview today? Uh, well, for the you know two or three fans that you probably have, which was that's being generous, I assume. You know, listen, wrestling, the athletes, all of us. Whether you love us, whether you hate us, you need to support us. You need to be there for a sport that has been there for you. More importantly, you need to buy my T-shirts. <laughs> and you need to burn your Cha-Cha Charlie T-shirts. Most importantly, you guys need to write in, you know, the two fans that he has. And tell him that he needs to get a commentary partner because he's got this droll kind of voice, too. It's been putting me to sleep a lot while I'm here. And he needs to put a little powder on his forehead because I can't take my sunglasses off through the whole interview because I'm seeing the glare. All right. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love to say that it's been a pleasure to be here. But who the hell does a podcast at 10 o'clock in the morning? What is wrong with you? Professional wrestlers work at night. Fair enough, and I and I watch it at night. <laughs> Usually, I have a cup of cup of coffee here. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, there was nobody else doing it, so it was either ten in the morning or two in the morning. So, and, and you thought that wrestling fans would be awake this early? Maybe that's a clue as to why you only have two fans. <laughs> well, uh, before thank you very much. <laughs> before we do get out of here. I want to tell some people about some other things that are that are going on uh, that they can check out. Um, the join the Godfather of Pro Wrestling, Tony Capone, and the voice of the people, Tony T, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, for the Nawa Wrestling Connection. That's live on Blog Talk Radio. Listen to Nawa Wrestling Connection to find out everything that is taking place in the world of the North American Wrestling Alliance. And join the two Tonys as I sit down with a special guest each and every week. You can listen to the show by liking the Nawa Wrestling Connection on Facebook and by following Tony Capone, Tony T, and Nawa on Twitter. Something else for you. If you like sports, join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday night, February uh, 5th, for the episode 53 of the Primetime Rundown as they take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. 
And then episode 40 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast returns on Tuesday night. Al Carl, John Smith, myself, John DeConi, Garam Heffy return for another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Coverage begins at 6 on Tuesday on February 9th on the Eastern Observer. And this show will return tomorrow with Travis. So there you go. Uh, you like sports, Johnny? Because you might want to check out that primetime rundown on Fridays. It, it sounds like you got plenty of sponsors there or partners, whatever partners. you want. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny is I've heard more about those other sponsors than I have about you. So that mm. should tell you right there something. Uh, I do like sports. I watched the Super Bowl last night. Uh, I'm a little upset about Tom Brady winning, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, and and I do I do listen to a lot of sports rundowns, so maybe I'll check out those channels. It might be worth it. it you there know, you it'll tell me something I don't already know, but I doubt it. Well, I, I'd, I'd like to say it's been a pleasure, but I guess I can say it's been magnificent. So thank you. Magnificent. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for, for Johnny. I'm Ryan, and we will see you tomorrow. 